that thing that makes you whole. You know that person that I need to know. So I'm watching your every move. I'm watching where you go and what you say and do. Because I'm desperate for something real. I need something genuine to know that there's something more here than this. I mean, this, this can't be it, really. And I think you know that. Listen to me. I need you. I need you to be here for me. I need you to walk out right now, ready and willing to do whatever it takes. Hey, it's, it may not be comfortable. It may not be easy. But I need you to show me love. No matter the cost, show me what unconditional love really looks like. Stop telling me about this God of yours and show me who he really is. Honestly, I'll probably resist you. I'll probably argue with you and laugh at you. I'll, you know, even when you fall, I'll probably call you a hypocrite. But don't give up on me. Please don't give up on me. So I'm going to ask you, when's it going to happen? So when you see things like that, when you see videos like that, how does that make you feel? And I don't mean like, what do you think of the video or, or its content? Necessarily. I mean, how do you feel when you hear someone saying that? I, I mean, if I'm being honest, there's a little bit of defensiveness. What do you mean I don't care? That's not fair. You can't say that I don't care and I get defensive. There's, there's a little bit of guilt because I know that I'm not doing everything that I should be doing. I know that I'm not sharing the love of Christ with people that need it desperately the way that I should. M maybe there's a little bit of embarrassment. You know, it's like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm failing in this area. I'm embarrassed by how much I focus on me and how little I focus on others. Maybe you see this video and you have questions. I mean, do really do people really think that? Do are really are, are people that desperate? I mean, is that really how some people are feeling? I think the, the word that comes to mind for me the most is inadequate. I don't know if you're like me, but do you ever feel like, I just don't know what to say. I feel like I know the answer, but I don't know how to explain it. And I don't know how to enter a conversation and share it the way it needs to. I just feel inadequate sometimes. I hope I'm not alone. 
actually it'd be great if I was, but I, I have a feeling that some of you are feeling some of the things that I feel when I see that. But the problem is, and we're in the Sermon on the Mount, so if you want to turn to Matthew chapter 5, we're going to get there. Jesus says that we're salt and we're light. Jesus says if the world is going to see the light of God, it's going to be seen because you shine it. If the world is going to taste God's flavors, it's going to be because you're salting the world. If if we're doing our job, if we're doing what we're called to do, other people will know about God. It's on you and it's on me. Well, let, let's, just, let's just get straight to the words of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 5, we're going to read verses 13 through 16, but we're going to focus on salt today. And then we'll focus on light next week. But this is what Jesus says. This is, this is coming right after he's given these blessings. So he's not talking to the elite the powerful, the religious leaders, he's talking to the everyday, normal, nobody people. And this is what he says. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You're the light of the world. A city on a hilltop that can't be hidden. I mean, we can all agree to that, right? If you've got a city on a hill, you're going to see the light. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. May God bless the reading of his word. So, have you ever been in this situation? Have you ever been talking to someone, and you say something, and they just totally miss what you're saying? It's like, they just, they were not on the same page. This happens to me a lot, um, and, and, and I, was with, I was with a pastor friend on Friday, and I was like, does this ever happen to you? He's like, oh yeah, all the time. So, you'll, we'll be preaching, and we'll have a sermon. Bob, tell me if this has happened to you. And, and we'll finish, and the, the service will be over, people will be leaving, and somebody will come up, and they'll say, wow, pastor, man, I appreciate that sermon. When you said this, it really hit me. And you're sitting there going, never thought that before, let alone said it in my sermon. <laughs> Have you been there, Bob? And you're like, okay, um, yeah, okay. And, and, and we believe that that's the Holy Spirit speaking to that person in that moment and that um, the Holy Spirit is working. But it's just weird when it's like, man, you, I did not say that. I'm saying this and you're hearing that and we're not even planes that are crossing. I wonder if this passage 
is a lot like that. I mean, I wonder if, if when we hear those words, we hear Jesus saying, you really ought to be salt. I mean, this is something that's important. You should be salting the world. If you'll just let me have control of your life, I'll make you salty people. difference is, Jesus doesn't say you ought to be. Jesus says you are. And there's a world of difference between you ought to be and you are. When, when, when Jesus says you are, what Jesus is saying is there's not another plan in place. You are the mode for sharing the love of Jesus. You are the one that is going to share God's light. You are the one that I'm calling to be God's flavor in this world. I've been in ministry for a little over 20 years, and this has been in every office. Oops, sorry. I didn't practice that part. We're the agents of reconciliation. There is no plan B. If the people in your lives that don't know Jesus... Don't see Jesus in your life. If you're not being salt, if you're not being light, where are they going to see it? You are the salt. You are the light. Now, when you came in, everybody had a, a packet of salt on your, on your uh, chair people are going to do it later. Um, I'm going to ask on behalf of Danny, please don't open your... We don't want to be vacuuming up salt for the next three weeks. Just hold on to it right now. So I didn't know a lot about salt, so I did a little bit of research, and I still don't know a lot about salt, but this is what I know. Salt's made up of two things. Most of us know this, sodium chloride, NaCl. We learned that in science class, right? And in your little packets, this is 99% salt. Did you know that salt is the only rock that humans eat? I didn't know that either. Yeah. You can get it in the ocean. You can get it on the ground. You can get salt everywhere. It's to be found if you want to find it. 99% salt. You know what the 1% is? In 1911, they started putting magnesium chloride. Is that what it was? Yeah, magnesium carbonate. And it's an anti-caking element. Because otherwise, your salt will become a rock again. It, well, for us people that don't have magnesium carbonate on our, in our kitchen, you know, a lot of times we put rice in there to keep it from clumping together. So has this ever happened to you? go over to the refrigerator, it's probably 8.30 at night, and you open up the door, and you just stand there, because you want something, but you don't know what it is you want. Have you been there? <laughs> and so you're like, oh, so you look in the freezer, and it's like, ooh, ice cream, I probably shouldn't have ice cream, so you open up the fridge again, it's like, ooh, whipped cream, maybe I do want the ice cream. <laughs> So, 
Your refrigerator is stocked with food that you get at the store. My wife will tell you she hates it when I go to the store with her. She won't let me go with her. Um, Drew, Lisa, when you see me there, it's because I'm forcing my will upon her. She hates it. She hates it because I do a couple of things. I'm the guy that will see four different varieties of the same product, and I will look at the price per ounce. Does anyone else do that? It drives her crazy. She's like, this is our favorite one. Just get, I don't know. This is 4.8 cents per ounce, and this is 4.2 cents per ounce. She hates it when I do that. She also hates it because I'm always looking at expiration dates. I'll pull up a can of of soup that we're going to buy, and I'll check the expiration date because I don't want to get home and it's expired. She hates it because when she comes home, as we're putting stuff away, this one's bad. we got to take this one back. And she gets so mad at me. She won't let me go shopping. And so she does all the shopping. And this isn't a sexist thing. This is because... She knows when I go shopping, what happens is I end up calling her ten times asking questions. And it's usually something like this. It's like, hey, I'm looking for this. Where is it? It's on this aisle. No, it's not. Yes, it's on that aisle right by this. No, it's not. I've walked the aisle four times. It's not. Oh, wait, there it is. Okay, I've got it. Thanks. 30 seconds later. Hey, where is it? So she doesn't let me, uh, she doesn't let me shop. And I'm okay with that. But inevitably, when I'm standing in front of the refrigerator, I'll find something. And the first thing I do is I look at the expiration date, and if it's questionable, I yell to Jen, wherever she is in the house, and I say, hey, anybody know? Is this any good? And she will yell back, it's fine. And I will yell back, how do you know? And she'll yell back, smell it. And so I'll smell it, and I'll say, is it any good? And she'll say, what does it smell like? And I'll say, I don't know what it's supposed to smell like. And then she'll say, it's fine, it's been in the refrigerator. That's what the refrigerator does. It preserves things. Now, we understand that 2,000 years ago, we didn't have public grocery stores. We didn't have targets. We didn't have cars to get our ice cream home quickly. We didn't have a refrigerator to keep things very, very cold for a very long time. And so what do you do when you live in the Middle East and maybe your produce is fish and you've got to get the fish to different places and you don't want it to go bad before you actually sell it? So what you would do is you would pack it with salt because salt is a preservative. Salt will keep your food from decaying and going bad. Is that what Jesus is talking about? Is Jesus saying that we're supposed to be this salt in this world? We're supposed to be those agents that are helping prevent the moral decay of our society? Is that what Jesus is saying when he says that we're salt? So, I'm giving you a lot of story shapes. My family loves watermelon. We love it. Our anniversary was uh, last week, and my wife is big on, well, we don't have the kids forever, so we do everything together, even our anniversary dinner. And so what we did was we grabbed sandwiches from Publix, and we went to the beach, and we ate them. 
Well, three of us did. Tenley just grabbed a big tub of watermelon. That's all she wanted for dinner. We love watermelon. In Kansas, when we were on staff at a church there, we were known as the watermelon people because we introduced to the wonderful church in Olathe watermelon milkshakes. Come on. I can't believe someone didn't start clapping. Have you ever had a watermelon milkshake? In fact, we made this last night. This is last night's picture. You've got your ice cream, you've got your watermelon, you've got your blender. Didn't know me too. This is good stuff. In fact, we had um, Henley had her friend Juju over. Juju is running the camera over here. Henley, can you put me on that camera? Am I there? Juju, can you do with the camera if you like did you like the watermelon milkshake oh yeah she's not on the camera yes it's good stuff jen does something that i don't understand and maybe you do this do any of you put salt on your watermelon raise your hand if you're a a salt watermelon person oh my goodness raise your hand if you think we need to start praying for those people that just raise their hand If you're online, I want you to text, yes, watermelon salt, no watermelon salt. Let us know. This is the, the struggle's real. So I'm talking to Jen, and I'm like, why do you like salt on your watermelon? I don't understand. Watermelon is sweet. Why do you want to add salt to it? And she says, it's because the salt enhances the flavor. The salt brings the sweetness out. It makes it so much better. And then she says, Plus, I learned it from my grandpa. It was passed down to me. This is what we do. And so I put salt on my watermelon. And I think, okay, I'm not going to fight that because you have family ties, but whatever. But when you put salt on something, you can't hide it, can you? Very rarely will you salt something and say, hmm, doesn't taste like there's any salt. You might want more salt but you always taste the salt because salt, it impacts everything it comes in contact with. You can't hide it. We were at a movie uh, Friday night with uh, our pastor friends in Jacksonville, and we got popcorn, and then we went and ate pizza. And on the way home, I told Jen, I said, I feel horrible. I've had way too much salt. I could feel it impacting my body, and I'm so thirsty. Salt was making me thirsty. And the only thing that would quench this thirst from this salt was water. Needed water, 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 water. Are you salt? Are you the type of person that when you're around people just get thirsty for something that you have. They may not even be able to identify what it is. But the saltiness in you is so impactful that they say, I've got to have whatever it is. Are you salt? Are you the agent that's impacting your friends and your neighbors and your co-workers, are you the one that is creating this atmosphere where people say, I need some water, I need some, they wouldn't say it this way, but we know they need some living 
water. Do we change people for the better? Do we, the message says it this way, do we add God flavors and God colors to their life? Are we salt and light? When people are around you, do they just taste something? Have you ever had this meal and you're like, ooh, what is that? I'm tasting something and I love it and I don't know what it is. What did you put in this? Are you the type of person that when people are around you, they say, wow, Elaine, you're different. I don't know what it is, but there's something in you. What's your secret sauce? Are you, are you salt? Are you light? Are you the kind of person, Sherry, that your coworker says, hey, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with you, but you handle things differently. You just have a different flavor to the way you move. Salt. I was thinking, man, who are the people in my life that have been salt? And there have been a long list. And I started thinking, who is someone here at Fort Orange that has been salt? And the first person that came to mind was Miss Betty. If you did not know Miss Betty, you missed real blessing. Betty was the type of person that people just gravitated towards. She was the kind of person that would love you no matter what you looked like, no matter what you said, no matter how you acted, no matter what you wore. She just, she was the person that would schedule things for the church so that we could have community. She's the one that would dress up like a full-fledged bumblebee for VBS so that little kids could learn about bees like Jesus. She, she was salt. She wasn't the richest. She didn't have the fanciest car or the nicest house, but she was salt. And you knew she was salt because when you went over to her house and you had community with her, you just felt like her little salt shaker was pouring all over you. When, when she was dressing up for kids, when, when she was sending texts saying, hey, pastor, I don't need anything. I just want you to know I'm praying for you. She's the one that, I can't imagine there's a single kid that went through high school here that didn't send her a graduation card. Or a single person in the past 40 years that got married that she didn't get an invitation. If, they, if there was limited seating and somebody had to not make the list, she was definitely going to be on the list. Just because she lived her life being salty. And I sit there and I say, I've had so many great examples. Am I being salt? Are you being salt? So this is normally the part where there's a takeaway and I say, hey, pull out your paper or get your phone and and type this to yourself because there's going to be something I'm going to ask you to do. And and there's always, you know, a, a so what moment. 
so, so what next? What do you want me to do now? This week is less about doing and more about being. The application is simple. Don't lose your saltiness. Don't lose your saltiness. And now if you're a chemist, I know you're going to say salt technically can't lose its saltiness. I don't think Jesus was given a chemistry lesson here. I think Jesus was saying you've got something that is life changing. Don't lose that. Don't lose your saltiness. I think what he also is saying when he says don't lose your saltiness He's saying, if, if you're not making an impact on the world, if your saltiness isn't impacting everything around you, what are you doing? If you're not being salt, if you're not being who Jesus says you are, what are you doing? We don't have to go to his words where he says, if you're worthless and you'll be trampled, you know, we don't have to go there. The question is, what are you going to do? Don't lose your saltiness. Nothing else matters. I mean, in Matthew chapter 22, when the Pharisees are trying to trick Jesus and the Sadducees are trying to trick Jesus and Finally, they just say, hey, okay, big guy, you know all 613 of these laws. What's, which one is the greatest? And Jesus says, love God, love people. There's nothing else on the list. We love God by how we love people. When we love people, we show that we love God. That's the way it works. When, when we are salt, we salt others. We all have friends, we all have kids, we all have grandkids, we all have neighbors, we all have co-workers. People are watching and they're wanting to know, when are you going to tell me about this salt that you have? I'm thirsty. When are you going to tell me what you have? They're watching. And they can tell real salt from just flavor. I mean, we know when it's real salt, don't we? Now, when I say, don't lose your saltiness, it's very easy to go, oh, well, then what do I need to do? What do I do to not lose it? No, 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 no. This isn't about doing. This is about being. Jesus didn't say, do salt, do light. He said, you are those things. And out of who you are in Christ, things will happen. Be salt. Be light. So here's what I want you to do. Take your packet. 
I want you to take this with you this week. I want you to put it in a place that you will see it often. Maybe it's on your kitchen counter. Maybe it's on your car dashboard. Maybe it's in your office desk. Maybe it's in your pocket every day. You put in your keys. You put in your change. You put in your salt. And when you feel it in your pocket, you remember, this is who I'm called to be. And if I am this, what will be the overflow of my life? What will happen, not because I'm doing something to feel good about myself or make me feel like God's going to love me more, but what will happen because I'm being what Jesus has said I already am? So as you live into your saltiness this week, I want you to ask God, God, give me a person. And I'm okay with you even selfishly saying, God, please don't let it be like this lady that admits she's probably going to make fun of me and, you know, make it difficult. Uh, You know, but ask God, who, who needs your flavor this week? And then give me the strength and the courage to be this God flavor here's what else we're going to do. I was talking to a friend yesterday. We were talking about how you're overcomers by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. That's what scripture says. And so here's what we're going to do. Although I'm telling you to be something next week in our service, I'm going to ask you and I'm going to give opportunities for people to share. Hey, I I was salt this week. I don't know what's going to come of it, but I, I was salt this week. And I'm going to give you a chance to share in the service so that you can strengthen all of our faith. All right? This week's salt. Next week, testimonies, and we're going to talk about you being the light of the world. Let's pray. God, we love you, and we know that that you love us. We know that because you have, you've lavished us with so much love. If we were to, if if all the water in the oceans were ink, as Amy said, we would not have enough ink to write Jesus, you've called us to be something. You've called us to be salt. My fear is that we are salt in a shaker in a pantry. And that's not how you've called us to pour out our lives called us to be salt in this world. And so I pray this week that you will give us a bold, courageous faith that steps out and lives lives of saltiness to people around us, to our kids, to our parents, to our neighbors, to our co-workers, to the lady at Target, to the person at the gas station. God, wherever we are, there is someone that needs a little bit of your God flavor. And Jesus, 
I have to believe that when we're in those places, you've put us there for this reason, because it's who we are. You've told us that. I pray that you will make us bold. I've never heard anyone say, salt is mild or weak. Salt is bold and strong, and it brings out flavors and everything. Make that what we are. Make that us. And God, I thank you that we are able to be salt because of the work that you did on the cross. It is only through your life, your suffering, your death, and your resurrection that we are who you say we are. Fill us with your spirit. Give us outrageous faith. We pray in your name. So we're moving into a time of the service, and and on the screen it says remember and proclaim. And, And this is a time of remembering what Christ has done for us. And I know often when I come up here to lead us in the sacrament of communion, I'm feeling busy like I'm doing so that we can move on to the next thing, and then we can move on to the next thing and the next thing. And I don't want this to ever become just something that we do, just like the salt and saltiness. The the celebration of communion while we're here at church is not what we do. It's who we are. And so if you have not gathered your communion elements already, uh, they're back in the back of the sanctuary. If you're online and you don't have grape juice and toast at home, let us know. We'll bring you some. Um, Just comment on the video and we'll do that for you. But let's take a moment as you're gathering those, as you're holding those elements in your hand, just just let it sink in. Just take a few moments and pause. So I think back to just a few weeks ago. Time goes so fast. But we were here in this room. We were online celebrating what Christ did for us on Easter, Good Friday. And before that, Christ gathered with his disciples. And he said, as he took the bread and he lifted it up, he said, folks, this is my body. It's going to be broken for you. But even though it's broken bread, you can take it, eat it, and remember me. And then he took the cup, he lifted it up, he said, folks, that was my bread, that was my body, this is the blood that will be spilled. Drink it, remember. And our slide says, remember and proclaim. We've just taken in Jesus, but it's not for ourselves. It's to go out and share with others. God, thank you for for who you are, 
for who you've called us to be. Lord, in all the busyness of this week and all the things that we have to do, help us to take time to breathe and just be with the people you need us to be with this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? As we leave this day, if you're visiting with us, we sing our benediction. And so you're welcome to just receive it. Uh, But will you sing with me? We sing hallelujah. Let your kingdom come in our hearts, in our homes. Let your will be done as we go in your name. We shout and we proclaim. Let your will be done in us. Go this week to be who you are, salt, and we'll see you next week.